Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Diaries podcast. On today's episode, I sat down with Cody Dolly. Cody is an athlete, he's an entrepreneur, he works in finance, and he is also the owner of Row House Stanford. Um, You're probably thinking, Lisa, you went to Stanford, Connecticut. I did go to Stanford, Connecticut. There was an event out there. Um, I went, I had a great time. I got to meet Cody, try a class, super fun great guy. I think you amazing dog. He's got the cutest dog. Um, so I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. We talked all the things from health, fitness, being gay, mental health, COVID, and um, it's a good episode. I really look forward to your feedback and let's get into, let's get into it. you so much for being here this yeah. day so far has been amazing we are here in connecticut i've got to try your class yeah thanks for coming lisa thank you for having me liz was her name yeah liz rock star yeah she was so good oh my god <laughs> um if you guys have not checked out row house go um so before we get into row house and we get into talk about the event that we're here at um let's hear a little bit about your story where you're from how you got into health and fitness so um so i'm originally from upstate new york and uh grew up in the adirondacks um went to school up there and then got into uh northwestern mutual which is a financial firm um and uh just did well at that and um and I've been there almost 20 years. Wow. So I'm super old. I just turned 40. You're not um, old. 40 and, is a good number. Yeah. And so I, um, um, you know, I think about five years ago, I really um, started to want to expand sort of my um, my business world and, and diversify and just have some other projects that were fun and exciting. And about 10 years ago, I got addicted to Ironman. So I just started really kind of taking my fitness journey to the next level and which always felt like a side hustle business because right. it was, it was always 20, good to have a side hustle. Yeah. It was like 20 hours a week of working out. And, and I was just thinking like, man, it'd be good to share this with other people, you know, collaborate with other businesses, you know, use this energy that I'm putting out there to do other things with. And, uh, and so I just started searching for other business ventures and um, I, I almost signed up with a, uh, a bike uh, mechanic business, but then I, I decided not to go that route. I wanted something a little bit more social. Right. And, uh, and then I found Row House, and I've just always been attracted to the class boutique fitness um, things that sort of were a good yin to my, um, you know, long runs and long bike rides that, that weren't that. Um, and so I've just loved it. I've loved creating a business that is, I'm using the strengths of what I learned in the other business, but then I'm getting to merge my passion with fitness and, and really build a community. Um, and so it's been fun. Um, can you touch on Ironman for a little bit for people who may have no idea what that is? Um, yeah, so it's an absurd event. It's um, a 2.4 mile swim, which usually takes me an hour uh, or a little more, and then a um, 112 mile bike, um, and then a marathon, so 26 mile run. You have to do it in 17 hours, or they they say you're out. Uh, so I'm 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 
I'm not like a professional level, but I'm, you know, a, a good amateur kind of athlete and you're always trying to get better. And, um, and so it's, it's a sport that sort of never ends. You're always trying to refine and get better. And, um, but it's, uh, it's 15 hours a week of training to 20, um, as I get closer to races and I'm, I've done seven fulls Ironmans and probably 20 half Ironmans. And my goal is to do a race in every country of my heritage. Oh, wow. So what's your heritage? What's your background? So I'm a mutt. And so I've done uh, one in England. I've done one in Germany. I've done one in Norway. Um, I've, uh, I was going to do Ireland this summer, but it got canceled for COVID. So that's 2022. That I got um, Copenhagen, probably nice. 2023. And then, I, you know, so uh, that, that is part of that journey. And uh, it'll be fun to check that, those boxes off. That sounds amazing. How do you prepare for Ironman? Um, it's it's just a lot of long endurance training, and you can't do it in you can't do it well in a short amount of time. You need years. Oh really? Um, and so I think um, it's just building a base of fitness and and long cardiovascular strength um, to be able to hold for ten plus hours in a race. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Um, so. You work in finance, mm -hmm. and how has and, and then you you have row house. Yep. How do you compare the two? I know like one's finance, but there's got to be something that they kind of come together on. Yeah. That helps one business kind of helps the other. And do you ever see yourself leaving finance for fitness 100? percent Yeah. So I think it's they're both people businesses. So um, you know the the aspect of finance that I'm in is, is on the, the sales distribution side. So it's just managing people and customers. So it's actually very similar to uh, boutique fitness where it's just building a team. I always build a team that's like a family. So building a team, recruiting new people to that team, you know, creating good energy. And, and so that's very similar and that made it easy to do. Um, I don't see it as sort of a, you know, an and or type situation. I, I see this as an add on that will just help me um, kind of improve the, the community and and sort of um, um, give me an outlet for my passion. Uh, and what I've seen is is this has actually made my finance business better okay. uh, because if you're doing anything for a long period of time, it somewhat gets stale. And so now I've been able to use some different creative things with this business and some different kind of new strategies and techniques that I'm like, oh, this will be good for here. And then I'm like crossing over to both. So I, um, you know, if anything, I see it as maybe a, a way to uh, maybe retire a little earlier from the finance business, but um, not a um, kind of a strategy to wrap it up or anything. What are some of those strategies? Because one of my things that I wanted to talk about was COVID and having, you know, your key business strategies dealing with COVID and coming back um, because you guys opened up right before COVID and yeah. then you got shut down. I know. Um, so what are some of those strategies? So if there are other entrepreneurs out there that are like, okay, what do I do? Like, yeah, it's it, super scary time, right? Where you, 
at the start, you didn't know, is the finance business going to be good? Is the row house going to work? Like, so super scary. Now that we're kind of on the end of it, it, you can sort of see things in clear light, but it was very scary at the start. Um, I think, uh, what I learned from the finance business is just how virtual we can be mm-hmm. and yeah, how, you know, just the power of Zoom meetings and e-signature for everything and all of that stuff. Just really, we had that those tools, but we weren't using them effectively. And so I think that showed us what was possible there. And then with Row House, um, you know, obviously we were shut down because of government restrictions and right. things like that. But what it showed me is that um, people are really going to change their lives and create this more virtual um, working two, three days a week in the office and some days at home. And, and, um, and what people are, I think, are gonna, at the end of this are going to want to do is improve their health and fitness mm-hmm. and have classes and schedules that fit into their life. And so definitely like the the schedule that we had before COVID is totally different after. And, and I'm just talking to a lot of my employees at the financial firm and saying like, what do you want in life? What do you, and that's influencing how we set up the class schedules and like how we're thinking about building community and stuff. And I definitely do events at row house that are where I'm bringing a lot of my financial people to it, or they're bringing their non-for-profits to it that they want to promote or do events at. So um, there's collaboration that I think is different than if we didn't have COVID. Um, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of other strategies and techniques that I'm just not thinking of, but that, that's what came if to mind. If they come, they yeah, yeah. because you know, it, it's with your team and you, you you know, finance team and you have row house team. So what are some of the, the key takeaways as a businessman, as a business owner, you know, what are you look for to make it so your team is healthy, your team is safe, your team is a team yeah, yeah. and you keep your customers and clients all together because COVID shut us down Yeah, yeah. and you seem to be coming back. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, it, it was a, a lot of learning things on the fly. Um, definitely in the finance business, um, we had to stop the business that the way we were doing it before and totally change it. And so, and it we were more productive, more successful. Um, and so, we just it really opened our eyes to some blind spots that we had before. And so, we really embrace now you know, virtual meetings, we embrace um, uh, some of these tools. But as a team and as a leader of the team, we still are forcing these get togethers so that we can keep the community. And And so I, I think one of the things that I've done well is, is to create environments and space where we could still come together. And I'm still thinking about different ways to bring my people physically together because I do see us maybe being a little too siloed. And uh, and then I think with Row House, what I'm seeing and hearing from a lot of our members is that they're also in a silo in their business world and they're working in a virtual meeting. And so they need a community, a group. And so, you know, people aren't going to church as much. They're not going to the office. Like they need some community, some connection. And, um, and so I'm creating those things in my finance business, 
but then I'm creating those social connection type points in row house as well. Um, and I just love doing that. So that's just part of my makeup. Like I just love, you know, happy hours, getting people together, uh, fun things like that. Um, why row house of all the fitness studios? Why row house? Yeah. I think, um, the, the main thing that attracted me to it was the diversity of the membership. So when I took classes in New York City, when I was looking at the concept, um, I just saw 20 to 70 year olds in the class. I saw men and women kind of equal in the class. I saw a lot of older athletes that were sort of broken down from knee injuries or back injuries there because they still had that. They wanted that fix of working out, but they couldn't do marathons anymore. And so I just saw it as, wow, this is a, a tool that I think a lot of people of different abilities can use. And, um, and then um, the brand and who owns the brand is Exponential Fitness. Mm-hmm. And so they own Pure Bar, Club Pilates, Stretch they own Labs. Now too. Yeah. And, uh, and so they just do everything really well. Like they do the, the app well, the music, the lights. And so I knew that it wasn't a concept that I was buying that wasn't backed by a huge group like the the gentleman owns it's a billionaire so uh it's just you knew that this was going to be done well um and it is uh, it's fabulous with having so many different row houses there's city row and there's another one that i'm blanking and i actually had um colleen on my podcast yeah um what makes row house different I think um, I think exponential fitness. So that that was a big one um, for and me. And why do you? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Why do you think because of them that they make it different? I think um, it, it gives us the ability to not worry about all the details, the stuff, and and just focus on the the class and the community building. Um, so that's a big one. But the couple who started it in Manhattan created a concept and a, and a, and a, uh, a studio that I just thought was going to win. And, um, um, and it's, uh, they, they own a network of CrossFit gyms in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they really saw was a lot of their athletes that were running and stuff, um, beating themselves up. And, uh, and they, they wanted to create a cardio strength training workout that um, was a perfect yin to kind of the CrossFit yang. Um, and so I just knew that um, the, the, the classes, the style of it was created by somebody who really knew what they were doing. And they really tried to make it rowing authentic. So it wasn't like a, you know, a hit class that had a little bit of rowing or like, you know, um, or a, it was really a rowing based class that they thought would be a perfect add-on to their athletes. And I, I just, I see that with my own training, like um, rowing has really added a lot to my fitness, my cardio, my um, core strength, um, some other sort of uh, strength in my legs that's really noticeable. Uh, and then it doesn't beat me up like running. Like I, uh, I can bike a ton and not get beaten up. Uh, but if I run too much, I'll break myself. Um, and I can throw in row house classes through the week 
and get huge cardio gains, muscle gains, but not be broken. Uh, which, is important. which is important. But how did you find rowing for yourself? I mean, with all, like, did you do other fitness things? Did you, like, you know, do rumble? Did you do, you know, pure bar? Did you do them? Or yeah. did you work? Oh, yeah. How did you find out about Row House? Yeah, I mean, I, I found out about Row House through the studios in the city. Um, but, um, you know, I, I guess I, I did think about other cycling studio concepts just because I love cycling so much, but I just didn't want to be another brand there. And so um, I wanted to do something a little different. Um, and um, yeah, there's a ton of great brands out there right now, but I, I, um, I think it was the diversity of the audience. I really, um, my family's all kind of overweight and not athletes. And I wanted to create something where I could invite my family to and them to not be like, oh, Cody's just a crazy athlete. Like, <laughs> we're not going to that gym, you know, because I wanted it to be something where anybody could do. And we've seen that with some of our members. Like, we've had people lose over 50 pounds that were That's really awesome. sort of way out of the fitness game. Um, and so I just look. I didn't want to create something that was for the 1% worker outers. I wanted to do something that, um, that, that anybody could do. So you were telling me that when people get to certain stages, they get certain things. Yep. Yeah. So they, you know, we have measurements, but we, we really track everything in meters. So, uh, we do an award at 50, uh, thousand meters, which usually takes somebody a month. And then, um, 250, half a million, 750, and a million. And uh, Paul's one of those people that's going to hit 2 million here soon. So amazing. And he comes in from the city every day. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was, it was really, um, it, it was a safe haven for a lot of people through COVID to like, and they came in a mass and it was socially distanced, but they just needed that rowing. And, and the meter thing is addictive. Like they're always like, I need to keep my meters going so I can hit these targets. And, uh, and it's funny. I, that was something that the corporate created, but I didn't know how, you know, if people would be attracted to it or whatever. And uh, we really don't push it. They, the members push it. They want to, um, they, you know, they want to hit the meters. They want to get the awards. You know, they want to get the recognition. And uh, so it's fun. So let's go back to COVID for a second, because here you are. You open up your your gym, and boom. So what did you do to keep everything afloat? Um, well, I think. Uh, because I'm in finance, uh, <laughs> I got a lot of lines of credit uh, beforehand, um, and you know, I I just um, I, I think I knew uh, that things could go sideways in any business, and so you kind of plan for the worst. This was definitely far worse than what I thought the worst would be, but um, I sort of planned for the worst, and and I saved money along the way as a young person. So, um, and I, I really, I don't, I didn't see it as like an opportunity, but I did see it as there's, there's going to be people that go under during this time. And, um, and, and what I was really optimistic about through COVID was how we had a, a community or a group of people that 
that wanted to be there. And no matter what, they wanted to be there. They wanted to keep their fitness going. And so I knew that this is enough of a spark to keep this going. And we might have to, you know, wait a couple more months before we get full capacity and stuff, right. but, um, which took a lot longer than I wanted it to. But, um, uh, but we're now we're on the other side of that where I really see, um, uh, the community growing every month. Um, uh, people are less scared of COVID. They, I think people are, um, and there's reports out there and studies that people have gained weight through COVID. They, they lost their sort of fitness gain. So I think people are starting to go, okay, how do I, how do I regain, uh, where, I, you know, and get back to where I want to be. And, uh, and, Rojas is a perfect way for people to do that. I had a blast today. Yeah, that's great. It was, you know, and now did you get, you know, a lot of people got depressed during COVID. A lot of mm -hmm. people suffer from mental illness. Did you get depressed? Did you, and if you did, how did you work through it? Yeah, I, I would say that there was definitely a level of anxiety just with the uncertainty that, so I, I'm not somebody who, um, suffers with depression. So, um, in some ways, I think one of my advantages is that my my mem my short term memory is not good, so I just sort of forget. We're getting old. Yeah, it all goes. I forget. You know what's going on every. But it it I, I definitely had moments of staring at the ceiling at two a.m. Going like, how long is this going to go? Like how long? You know, if this went for another year, you know. Oh, I thought it was going to be two years. I really, I didn't think anything was going to open up for at least another year. Mm -hmm. I was really surprised that it went as quick as it did. Yeah. So it was scary for sure. And I think um, working out has always been uh, a, an avenue for me. And I really, in some ways, enjoyed um my finance business going so virtual because it gave me the ability to do some more of the the personal fitness health things like yoga and and just longer bike rides and runs and things that i always wanted to add into the week more but couldn't because of my own mental blocks around having to be in the office so i think in, that was healthy i was surprised uh finance is a very social business so we drink a lot um <laughs> and when covid hit like i'm like this is not going to be good uh, you know and i my drinking uh not that i'm an alcoholic but it, okay. it got cut in like to a third of what it was before and you realize well, how social it is it is because i remember so my ex-boyfriend was in finance and um I went to PJ Clark's every yeah. night. Where are you, PJ Clark's? Are you coming? Sure. I mean, every single night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we we just were social, you know, in that world. And and so I think through COVID, I, in some ways, I got a little bit more centered. Um, definitely fearful of, like, what, how long is this going to take? Like, how much cash is this going to take? You know, things like that. But I, I was also... Um, uh, like centering myself in certain ways. Um, and I think really um, becoming more grateful for the, mm -hmm. the good things. Mm -hmm. Like I was grateful that the finance business was going so well. I was grateful I got to kind of hang out a little bit more with some family members and, and do some more of the fitness stuff. Um, it was interesting with my advisors, uh, which I have like 40 advisors, but some of them would call me and say, Cody, 
I just love my wife more. I love my kids more. I love it, like hanging out together. And then the other half would be like, I can't deal with this. Like, get well, me I out know, of the house. I know, I know a couple couples who um, got separated and one got divorced. Um, the other is going through therapy because what they realized was, oh, shit. You know, yeah. uh, I know people who reached out to crushes. I know people who, I mean, it's like such a, you know. Yeah, it, was, I think it, it really showed you. I don't know. It 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 showed you kind of like who we are and what you want. Like gave us a pause. Well, and then it, it did, and it brought different communities together. You know, it brought it. It made you see what's important and what's not important. And um, I know we were talking earlier um, about your personal life a little bit and yeah. how you, you know, being a gay man in fitness and in the country or the world is hard as it is for a woman, but we were talking and you were saying it's a lot, it's easier for women. Well, um, I'll come back to that. But the one thing I was going to say is, um, through COVID, I, me and my boyfriend, Patrick just got so much closer and that really oh, we're gonna touch on cemented, that. <laughs> cemented for me, like, Getting um, married now? that he's my person. <laughs> I'm ready. He's, it's, it's on him. Um, but, uh, you know, cemented for me that he's our person. We got a COVID dog. Like, I love you know, that. It was just, you know, um, really um, grounding and, and able for us to kind of say, this is what we want. This is what we don't want in our lives. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, one of the things I love about fitness is that um, uh, finance is opening up to being more uh, pro LGBT, you know, and there's been so many movements in the last five years that have kind of blown me away of uh, them embracing the gay community. But uh, fitness is or was already there, right? Fitness was already there. But how do you like at work? Like, did you do people? Did you tell people, or did, were you not? I I came out probably ten years ago. Okay. Um, no, no, uh, fifteen years ago. So twenty six. So fourteen years ago. Is that hard? I mean, obviously Super it's hard, hard. But how did you like? If there's someone listening, like I always think of people that you know are going through stuff, and if yeah. you know, my nephew's gay, and he was he was scared to tell people, and we're like. Okay, like we, you know, you knew yeah. it wasn't a big deal, but but some people get really scared, and that bothers me. And I don't know how someone's. I think you know. I think it's such a the the way, and I've been in therapy a lot after coming out and stuff. But it, it's an energy, like it's very heavy. And so one of the things you realize, and I like had a list of all the people I was going to come out to. And uh, my family, I didn't worry about. Like my mom's super liberal. Like grew up in New York area, and uh, and so I never worried about my family. It was more the financial firm okay. and the company, and and you. So I went through this list of people, and after you checked people off and you told them, it's like the next person became the heaviest. So I thought, like, oh, I'm going to get these heavy ones off the list that were, but then the next one was just as heavy. And, um, and I think as a gay person, you just find that you're always coming out to people. Like you're always having to say like, Hey, I'm not. And it's sad because it, it's some of my best friends are gay. Like yeah. I, I would rather hang out with my gay guy, best friend that who lives in LA, but, um, instead of some of my girlfriends. Yeah. Well, I think like women are always the safest. So when you're coming out to people like, 
or when I'm in a room in finance, say that was mostly guys, um, I would always kind of gravitate towards the, the really? woman in the room because I knew they were safer. Uh, not, you know, and sometimes that's not fair or real. But, uh, but <laughs> well, no, it, women are more, you know, maybe mother. Everybody are, tells yeah. me like I'm like a mother type, like, um, and I get that from guys too. Like you're a mother type. I'm like, yeah. what the <laughs> mother type but like it's i just i don't understand why it's still such a taboo like yeah it, it drives me it's, crazy you know and i think this is what you were alluding to earlier but like um it's still uh it's still a lot of weight and so and and you still are navigating always like who do i tell you know and um and so again in the fitness world it's so easy like there's we just have a, a great lgbt kind of community in our in our business in our space that it makes it really easy uh and there's a lot of women that are there that are uh, just in the northeast and so it's it's super easy but um i think one of the things that i look at and i think about is um i was part of this gay youth center uh, for a while I was on their board and the the suicide rate for men um, was like nine times higher really? than, than straight kids and it was just questioning youth if they were gay or they were questioning that it was a lot higher and we were on a, a call thing or a, like a helpline that I would sometimes get called into and um, and you would just hear these kids like dealing with like, I don't know if these people are going to accept me. I don't know if these people are going to love me. That breaks my heart. Um, like, I, I want to cry. Like, it, that breaks my heart. Yeah. And so, and the rates have, I, 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 I'm not an expert on this, but the last things I read were they're not moving that much. So it's still like, um, you know, hard, even though there's gay people in media and everywhere and stuff, it's still an energy and uh, so I, I have a lot of times parents will call me and say, hey, my cousin's coming out or my kid, like, what do I do? And, and I would just, I'm always just very quick to say, make sure you articulate or say out loud that you're okay, you love them. Like, don't just, don't um, assume that they know that you are right. okay. Like you have to go one step further and just say- Acknowledge like, it and know yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. and. Um, and so I think women are better at communicating that. Um, uh, there, there's, and again, I'm not an expert on this, but there's definitely uh, uh, more women that are like able to come out and not, uh, I don't know, feel some of that heaviness. They still do for sure. I'm sure everybody um, does. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just wish it wasn't such a big deal. Yeah. It's still a big deal. I mean, still I remember when, Ellen had her show, her TV show, years and years yeah. ago, and that was like the door that opened. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are in, you know, being a TV host and an actress. I know a lot of people that have lost jobs. Yeah. And I'm like. Yep. Yeah, Ellen was a big deal. Oh, Ellen was a huge deal. Yeah. So she was definitely um, like uh, big for me too. I mean, I remember watching her 60 Minutes, and the gentleman who was interviewing her uh, just said to her. Um, but Ellen, you're like a beautiful woman. Like, how could you be gay? And I was just like, oh my God, like you just asked her that. Uh, and she responded well, but um, so, so yeah, no, I think it's it, the, the one thing that I, I sometimes worry about for men and women is just that we think, okay, there's 
there's gay people in media, there's gay people in shows. So kind of like game over, we don't need to do anything here. And, um, I just think that, uh, uh, you know, that's a mistake. I think we, um, I think it's great that the straight community is more accepting and more open and, and it's less of a religious thing, less of a political thing. Oh yeah. See, I wasn't raised. I mean, my father owned restaurants and two of the cooks were, um, gay. Like they were, they, I've known them since I was little, like that's that, you know, and I remember just, I remember saying to my stepmom, like, wait, they're married? I'm confused. Because I didn't know. And yeah, then she yeah. explained to me. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I was like, so can they have kids? And that time she had said no. Yeah, yeah. But now, of course, we, you know, she was, I was little. Um, but yeah, I was never, I wasn't raised prejudiced. I wasn't yeah, raised yeah. with, I was raised, everybody is equal. Everybody's one. You love everyone. Be humble and kind. Yeah. Um, there's. But I, I also think that's in, you know, certain areas of the the country is a, it's a little, we're a melting pot. It's easier to sort of, um, kind of see that now, or be around that. My mother's mother, that's another story. <laughs> they were raised very strict Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all, we're all working through Catholics. So. How did you and your boyfriend meet? Uh, we met online. Um, but we, uh, we're both in the New York city area and, um, um, and he's a super cool scientist. Um, so I just, he is a cool, super cool scientist because yeah, yeah. you were telling me. Yeah, he's got his uh, PhD in cancer biology so and awesome. does like genetic stuff, and uh, it's, he's uh, super smart. But he, um, so it was kind of instant for me. Um, and uh, and you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find the right one, but um, he's the right one, and and. Uh, how long have you guys been together? Um, like three and a half years, which is like 10 years in the straight world. Um, and so no, why do you good. say it like that? <laughs> well, with gay guys, uh, that's, uh, we're, we're much slower to long-term commit. Um, I think that's a lot of people though. Yeah. I mean, maybe, um, again, I'm not an expert. What were some of your passions growing up? Um, I was, um, that's a good question. I was big into Boy Scouts. Uh, that was, uh, I always did a ton of outdoors stuff. Um, just growing up in the Adirondacks, always willing to climb a mountain or jump in a boat or, and so, um, it makes sense to probably my, my mom that I do Ironman cause I was always going and doing something. Um, and, uh, I think, at a young age, I was just attracted to growing businesses because my grandfather was successful at that. My dad and uh, uncle ran the family business. And so I always was like, I think I want to be a business owner, entrepreneur, leader. Um, and, uh, and so, and I didn't see it as like a, um, like that's your job. Like it was sort of, you know, like a restaurant, it's like your family, your right. life. And so I just thought that seems like a good thing to do. Um, and, uh, and so I never thought of like being a corporate exec or, you know, being in an institution where I'm an employee. I always thought business owner. What are some things we don't know about you that we might be surprised about? Um, probably a lot of things, but I, um, 
I joined the Army before I went to really? uh, college, so nice. the Army National Guard. How long? Um, it was uh, uh, six years where you're kind of like one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer, and then two years where they can pull you back. And it was right before 9-11, so that okay. was kind of an interesting time. I bet. I didn't get sent over, but I was put on standby three My times. My cousin's husband at the time did. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty, like, a little intense. Um, Very intense. Well, anyway, I remember him saying, and I remember him saying, yeah, you guys are really safe. You really have nothing to worry about. And we just had the huge, no, 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 you're fine. You're, yeah, you're yeah. fine, you're fine. You really don't know. And it's scary to talk to him, like. Because he, oh, it was just, it was scary. And I remember he used to also, like, send my cousin, like, astronaut food. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little packets, yeah. But, no, it was it was good. For me, it was definitely, I, I grew up um, with dyslexia. And, okay. And so, still have it, uh, you know, and, and struggle with um, uh, certain reading and spelling and stuff like that. And so, school was always sort of a struggle for me. Kind of like I could, I, I became really good at um uh, kissing the teacher's butt to get a B. Um, <laughs> and so I could do that, but I wasn't getting an A like on my own merits. Um, and, uh, and so I knew like I was intimidated by college. And so I needed sort of the military as discipline. Um, and, uh, and that was, um, that was a good, good path for me. And I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it. Like I really, uh, in, in enjoyed basic training and all that stuff and so that probably also sparked some of the endurance like sports stuff that i like to do um but that was helpful um and then uh i don't know some other interesting things i i just um um i'm pretty boring now it's like iron man finance boring. work run row house and and uh and then hang out with patrick uh and her dog axel um but uh, I have a house in the Adirondacks now, and so that's my getaway, my kind of nice. yang, yang to my yeah. New York City yang. Um, and um, and I um, I just I, I don't want either. Like I don't want to be an Adirondacks person hanging out in the trees all the time, and I don't want to be a, a New York City area person all the time. Like I love that sort of like working here grinding for a little bit and then a break right um and so that's that's just works for me where do you see yourself in five years um i see um both uh businesses being very successful i see um, me and patrick kind of uh finding our home base uh we're still with COVID got a little shuffled around. So figuring out where we want to live and stuff like that. Um, definitely some financial goals, some athletic goals, um, business goals that I have, which are increases, you know, always want to be growing. Um, but I think that the big thing is, um, is to not, not the word balance. I don't like the word balance, but I, I want to continue to grow these things uh, without, you know, spinning my wheels and just work, work, work. And I think with COVID for me, it showed me ways to, um, to do business in at a higher level without, you know, working harder, being in the office, you know, more. Uh, and so I just want to, um, um, continue to move the needle and, and move these businesses up. Um, 
and then without sent, throw, throwing out some boring business numbers, uh, you know, that's that's ten thousand foot view of increasing, growing those, um, but uh, not gaining, not gaining. 20 pounds and and losing my health at the cost of that like um we talk about kids so uh you know if we were to do that and if we were to uh you know have um uh you know the place that we want stuff i don't want to i don't want to sacrifice my health or time to, right. to achieve those goals do you want a lot of kids um we're still we're still bouncing that around but uh, we, when, when we joke or when we talk about it, um, I want a daughter, he wants a son. So that makes two. Uh, and then, uh, I think he would be more for the, the four and I'm more like, let's have one. Uh, so we'll probably, it's easier with more. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's, I think that people tell me that. And I always my feel like I'm being, three. being she tricked was, she into had it. Four, and my one aunt had four and my other aunt had five. Because they entertain each other. <laughs> uh, do you do um, privates, private trainings? No, no. Um, it's very. It's forty-five minute classes typically. We do some events that are like half marathon rows and ten k rows and stuff like that that are more that the members just really want. Um, but um, the energy of the class is really what people want. Um, it's the the rowing machine without that is is somewhat boring and so you need the music the 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 format of it where you're on the rower off the rower um i think the 45 minutes is a genius kind of time frame for that yeah no i, I like yeah. a lot of the classes that are 45 minutes i really like it it's perfect yeah and it's it's really i mean a lot of our members are burning you know, 500 to 750 calories. And so it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a great workout for that, that time frame. And, um, so we might change some of that up in the future, but, um, with new members, we always recommend they get there kind of a half an hour early, just so that we can teach them the rowing stroke and kind of break down the movement so that they feel comfortable and not out of place. Is there anything that you want to let people know about for yourself or things you're working on or row house that we didn't touch? Um, you know, the, the main thing that I, I think people don't realize is how rowing and row house can really hit everything they want with their fitness goals. So I really, you know, as an athlete that does multiple things, I've just been blown away by, um, if you want to lose weight, gain muscle, um, that rowing, you know, and, and they've done studies on this, but it hits 86% of your body. And essentially if you do rowing and push-ups, like it's everything. So um, how, but how does, I mean, you know, I was really fit during COVID and since November I've gained like 12 pounds and I'm trying yeah. to lose it. And I noticed like the arm, like, so, but how does that yeah. Fix it. Cause I would, I mean, I can see where you're rowing and yeah, it would, but you yeah. know, then I do a lot of rumble. I do a lot of body by flora. So I do, you know, boxing and I do Pilates and, yeah. um, but how people swear over rowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you, you definitely, you know, to, to lose weight and to, um, and, 
I think for people to get to where they want to be, it's a combo of cardio and, and strength training. And so the, the rowing machine, as you get more comfortable and stuff with it, it really hits both where your, your cardio vascular system is working. Yeah. It's, it, you're going to burn calories. You're going to strengthen that system, but then you're also really hitting some muscle, uh, big muscle groups, your leg muscles, core, your back, uh, your butt, you know, like it's hitting those big muscle groups. And so if you just rode all the time, you would see gains there. Okay. I'm um, coming every day. Yes. Good. And so it, um, but I, but I think we, we definitely have many athletes that are doing other things and they're into a sport or they're into, you know, CrossFit, but they just want to add some, some, something else to hit more cardio gains or whatever. Or, um, and rowing is a perfect game to that game as well. Um, but I'm seeing a lot more people that are just like, this is what I do and they're losing weight, they're gaining fitness, and they, they just enjoy it. They really love the class. What has been your most successful um, fitness story? Yeah, we have a handful of those, but um, we definitely have a handful of um, kind of 40 to 55-year-old people that uh, were out of fitness that um, had knee issues or had back issues or were runners before and they kind of gave up a little bit on, you know, the traditional fitness routes and, and we talked them into this and got them to a class and then they got addicted and uh, they dropped a bunch of weight and, and they're just um, are some of our biggest cheerleaders. Um, so, um, so those come to mind, some of those people that, um, you know, we, we have the, 25 year old super athletes that come in and and add this to their fitness and crush it but it's it's pretty rewarding to see like the 55 year old woman that's just like i really i lost a ton of weight i feel really good and this is my my thing and um and it improves you know i believe that if you improve your body and fitness levels like it's going to improve all aspects of your life oh i totally agree health and fitness is like amazing I, I had a blast today and I appreciate you coming on the podcast and inviting me to the studio and I hope everybody comes yeah. out here to Connecticut and yeah, there's, there, there's, we love our Stanford studio, but there's, uh, there's three in Manhattan now. There's, and, and there's uh, there's one in Brooklyn, one in Chelsea. There's one in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. There's Chelsea Columbus circle. Okay, 34. There's one in Columbus. Oh, there is um, one on 34th. Yeah. Too. That's the newest one. There's a bunch in New Jersey. Um, uh, there's one in Westport, Connecticut. So we really, uh, um, it, it, when it came out, which is unfortunate right before COVID, but uh, there was like, I think 200 studios. Are you going to buy another one? I would like to, um, I won't tell you where, but I, oh, uh, come on. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, but I, let's, uh, um, I need, I need a six month period of post COVID to, um, uh, to this feel good a, about. This was a scary time for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's scary. Yeah, absolutely. But I I am, uh, and I still have moments. But I think that one of my friends, who's a business owner, he just always kept every time I went into his business, he's just like, if if we make it through COVID, we can make it through anything. Mm -hmm. And that's that's sort of how I feel about this. Is like 
we're we're the tunnel is done you know that we're past it and so it's now about um uh you know the roaring 20s we're going to go into uh, a fun next 10 years that's my belief Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback. Um, Reach out to Cody, follow him. Go try Stanford Row House. Go try Row House in the city, Jersey, wherever you are. It's a great workout and I so loved it. Thank you again, Cody, for being on. Um, And go send us messages, rate the podcast, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.